0: We are back, boys! My goodness, Um, the the college football championship is set. The playoffs happened. The bowl seasons happened. The bet board happened. It's all come to uh, to fruition. As uh, as our friend Tyler would say, Uh, Michigan versus Washington, the national championship. Tyler, the bet board champion.
1: yeah, so uh, I'm going to be editing that out of the uh, the first part, because you know we always time travel on this show, big time travel show, sure. and uh, we started talking about that. I think that's going to get cut. I think mean, that's going to be cutting room floor stuff. So so what you're saying is you need again. me to congratulate you again. That is what I'm saying. I'm saying okay. we're going to cut that, so you may as well say it again, because they didn't get to hear it.
0: Congratulations, so. Tyler. Uh, four four years in a row, you're the Board champion. You win by one bet. Yes. A bet that you one said bet. that we, we called out, hey, uh, Will didn't love this, but it's for, for the audience. I did it for the audience. I lost it for the audience. So congratulations to you, Betboard champion, four years running. I can't believe I lost by uh, five one. Five years,
1: Will. This podcast started in 2019, sir. Five years. Jeez. Well, yes. it's only just yes. barely
0: 2024. So this is really the 2023 season still. It's only four four Betboard years Nin- we've 2019, done, 2019, right? 2020,
1: 2021. 2022, and this is not a 2023 wow.
0: season. so it's five years in a row. Yes. Brutal. And I got so five close. and running. And I got so close. You got
1: close. I know. It came down to the last game was Washington, Texas, and I was nervous all weekend. I was nervous. I'm like, no, Oof. let's go, and the Huskies came through. Oh, that was big. Now,
0: here's a question for you. Knowing that you, sir, are professional better, you understand the world of handicapping. If we would have handicapped... The bet board to start the season, I would have won against. I would have covered.
1: Yeah, you would have covered. Yeah, I would have the covered. The final score was what? Fi- it was 15-14?
0: Yes. Yes. So uh,
1: yeah. So there's yeah, no so way that the spread I mean, would have
0: just been one. It would have been multiple. Would have been. We probably would have set the spread at like four.
1: The, the, so here's the thing. Here's what we would have spent, uh, set the spread at, at least as a starting point on the podcast. Is the expectation of every game just on on paper is theoretically? Like I know some games are different, you know, um, but theoretically. I have about a fifty five percent chance to win each game. You have about a forty five percent chance to win each game. Okay, so that's the difference. So, based on that, fifty five percent chance of thirty games, which we picked this season, would have been sixteen and a half. So, sixteen and a half would have been the over under. I won fifteen, so would it come in be under? Would it come in for me? So, okay, but, but I don't know what I would covered. you have thought if we said thirty games, sixteen and a half over under. You know, I don't know. That may have seemed you. You may have wanted to put it higher than that.
0: For sure, yeah. I mean, what I lost the bet board by like nine games one year last year or whatever that was. So, <laughs> um, so I feel like if we had just put the spread at Tyler's going to win by one and a half, I would have objected to that. And so,
1: yeah, last year, last year it was, uh, and we'll we'll come up with final numbers here next podcast. But last year I think it was something like twenty two to twelve or something like that. It was two years ago. Where it was the palindrome thirty-one thirteen, that was the uh, that was a tough one for you. We love a palindrome, Yep, yeah, But congratulations to you, uh, well done,
0: well well done on the bet board again. But you know, I mentioned it before in the part that's cut. I don't. It doesn't hurt me because nothing can hurt me right now because Michigan is in the national championship game. We beat Alabama.
1: Um, no, you are uh, you, you're dancing like Sally Struthers right now. You're high on life. You are feeling it. Uh, speaking of high on life, I'm doing a dry January. What do you think about that? Um, we're not drinking. We're we're gonna launch into 2024. 20, 20, no alcohol in January. Sober
0: January. Love it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Sobes uh, in January, but uh, we we love it. Yeah, that's how New we're, we're, Do you have yeah, New Year's
0: resolutions besides uh, no no
1: alcohol in you January? Know, I've been going. Real strong with what I started in 20- 2023 was kind of was a, a good year. I, I want to just keep the momentum going, so I'm gonna double down on what I was doing in 2023. But exercise is gonna add to it, so I think I, 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 you know, I'm gonna get a bike. I think. I think I'm gonna get a bike.
0: What do you think about Ooh, that? Uh, yeah, I, I think it's a great idea. Bikes, bike's great yeah. exercise.
1: Yeah. yeah, we should so get your truck going. With. What about you?
0: What about you you? you? you live right next to one of the most amazing bike path systems in the whole world, by the way. You? Literally, your yeah. front door connects to the Highline <laughs> Canal. So like it's a bike system that yeah. goes on for miles and miles and miles. You could never get bored. It's beautiful. So we are we no, gotta get so you a bike I'm gonna be that you, can, you can take on the gravel yeah. path, okay?
1: Um, what about you, though? What, you, what about your uh, New Year's uh, resis, you as know, the kids say?
0: I'm really bad about, uh, I'm, I, you know, I was always one of these people that would make a resolution and never do it, right? And so I, actually, I saw a funny, someone posted something recently, I can't remember who, but it said, I hope your problems last as long as your New Year's resolutions. Um, like, <laughs> and so, but I decided to go a little easier on myself this year. So I said, um, I do want to work out more. I want to get in better shape, right? That's the first one. I want to cook more for myself because you, know, you know I I live by myself. So often I'm not like cooking, but it's more about trying new meals, not just cooking the same. So that'll thing. provide
1: some good. Uh, that'll provide some good segments for the off season. We'll get frying Ryan involved. Yep. We'll get some good uh, some cook offs going in the off season. It'll be exactly.
0: fun. exactly yep. And then I want to um, spend less time on my phone, less
1: screen time. So I'm trying to do all the oh, I love that. the good healthy oh. things. You know, good one. Go good one. what about this? Have you heard of the ten three two one rule? I've been thinking about that one, too. 10-3-2-1? Yeah, so 10 hours before you go to bed, no caffeine. Okay. Three hours before you go to bed, uh, no more food. Two hours before you go to bed, no more work. And then one hour before you go to bed, no more uh, TV. Okay, so I'm... Like blue screens.
0: I'm good about all those except for the work and the uh, and the screen time right before bed. I don't watch like a lot of TV outside of sports, but I, I, my phone, I'm a fucking crack addict with my cell phone. I'm. It mm, It is mm. inches from my face. What I really need is like a, a live feed, like a camera that's always on me, and then I have to rewatch it. So like the torture of having to rewatch myself just sitting there or standing okay. there like a zombie staring at my phone motionless for like long periods of time, that would horrify me if I had to see it. So like I think that's I've the motivation I I've got some news I for you, need. Will. Yeah. I've got some news for you. Okay. Have, have you ever seen the Truman Show? <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I'm not sure if I did a review for that because I only saw that in the last couple of years. It was good, but everyone talks about it legendarily, and I didn't... Feel like it lived up to the. But to that's the, the hype.
1: problem with all the. That's the problem. Okay, and we'll get to football in a sec. But that's the problem with all yes. those movies is the, when you don't Hard see them in the their hype. in the early stages, it doesn't live up. Like I yes. saw The Sandlot when I was an adult years after it came out. No, we did, everyone a, had we did a, it. We did it. That was a
0: movie review we did. I couldn't believe you hadn't yeah. you didn't see The Sandlot.
1: So so the point is, when it gets built up to this giant thing, and you watch it like, this is what everyone's been talking about. So it doesn't help when they're giant movies you haven't seen in a long time. Same application there. Let's talk some football. Well, let's go. Okay.
0: Okay. So we start off, by the way, you know, we didn't do much recapping of the bowl games. The only ones I really wanted to talk about, honestly, like um, pre-playoff bowl games. Um, my yes. new favorite bowl game is the Pop Tart. Bowl. PPBGs. The pop, the Pop Tart bowl. It was amazing. Mm. The the Pop Tart mascot, the live feast where he sacrifices himself. He goes into the toaster, comes out <laughs> as, a real, uh, as a real as a real Pop Tart, uh. and they all ate him. It was literally like the story of Jesus. Like they all ate of his body. You know he <laughs> like uh, he, he he went into the to the cave and came out. You know uh, re emerged and now we eat of his body like very, uh, very... Is that how
1: it went? I thought there were more eh, lepers. Well, there were, there might have been and... some
0: other things within the, the story, but <laughs> there were certainly, there were certainly the comparisons that, uh, made to the eating of the Pop-Tart mascot and, uh, and Jesus Christ. But, um, you know, I say that tongue-in-cheek, of course. Uh,
1: uh, but um, I okay, love I've I've got, I've got, I've got the a problem. Pop-Tart bowl. It was amazing. I've got... Well, I don't have a problem. I agree, Well, first off. 100% agreement there. I've got nothing to say with that. I, I love that. How how often do we 100% agree on this show? It's rare. Oh, you've yeah. You've got 100% rare. with me. 100.0%. I love the Pop-Tart 100. Bowl. Zero. I'm all in. It it made me want to go get Pop-Tarts. Yes, it, now, did. it I did. The exact same I, for me. I have an announcement to make. Last week I said my favorite kind of Pop-Tart was unfrosted cherry. Oh, please tell me that you've is not upgraded the case. to something That is not good. the case. That is not the case, okay? Brown sugar, salmon? I was wrong. It had been a long time since I had had it, okay? okay. My favorite is unfrosted strawberry. Stop. I was wrong. Stop it's not the, the cherry, unfrosted. it's the strawberry. No, no, here's the thing. I'll buy a frosted pack and occasionally have the frosted. I like it as an extra treat, but really when you get down to it, it's a much, much better pastry, much better snack without the frosting on top. So... Uh, Unfrosted strawberry is my re, uh, revised number one pop tart, but I, I wanted wish, to go buy something. You it had said
0: anything? I wish you had just not said anything because you got my hopes up that you were going to be like, actually, it was brown
1: sugar cinnamon or s'mores because those no, are the correct answers. No, no. Um, but let's let's talk about the rivalry that was created this year. There's nothing better in college football than a good rivalry. Mm. Nothing better. We love it on this show, Rivalry Week. I love how earlier. And earlier, you're seeing rivalries in the in the in the season. Sure, in a rivalry, this 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 very bowl season was born. Did everyone out there see it? It's Pop Tarts versus Cheez Its. Oh,
0: Pop Tarts won because by a mile. Cheez Its,
1: exactly. But the rivalry was born. I so see. Cheez Its, what they did, what they did, they come they came out swinging, unannounced. They come out and copy. The Pop-Tart Ritual. So the Pop-Tart obviously goes down in the toaster and comes out as a real edible uh, Pop-Tart for the team to eat. Well, Cheez-It goes down into the Cheez-It box and mocks, essentially, the Pop-Tart routine, holding up the sign saying, we're not an edible mascot. (laughs) And what they didn't get was the joke was on them.
0: Yeah, we want the edible mascot.
1: I want every mascot to be edible now. Yeah, so so I don't know about you, but heading into the 2024 season, I'm Team Pop Tart for next year's bowl uh, bowl games already. So, 100. percent Their um, they're money line like minus 300 at this point. Like, I don't know what I don't know what
0: cheese it could do to match. Like, you got to think that every big bowl sponsor was watching that. Like, why don't we have cool ideas like these guys? Like mm-hmm. the Pop Tart marketing and media team. Like, I mean, hats off. Bravo. You guys did an amazing job. You're right. It made me want to go buy Pop Tarts. And I'm not a sucker for, for like, you know, watching a commercial and then being like, ooh, I'm going to buy that thing. But like, the Pop Tarts bowl made me want to eat Pop Tarts. And so,
1: but this isn't an anti cheese. I actually love cheese as a snack as well. They're delicious. This isn't an anti cheese thing. But but they're getting beat. When I saw Cheese It, yeah, when I saw Cheese It doing that, I thought, how dare you? I, I love Pop-Tarts. I'm all on and on the Pop-Tart. We don't make fun of this. It's on now. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm Team Pop-Tart.
0: Okay, love it. Well, the Pop-Tart Bowl was, was also entertaining. Kansas State got the win. Um, Ole Miss slaughtered Penn State. I loved that. Frames Janklin was in effect fully. Um, and then were there any other bowl games you want to talk to before we get to the playoffs? We should just get to the playoffs, right? Let's just get to the playoffs, Will. Okay, so Michigan takes down Alabama. My God, what a game, by the way. I mean, take out the fact that I'm a Michigan fan, um, even if you're not a fan of either team. That was was such an incredible and entertaining game start to finish. I mean, there was not a dull moment in the entire game. There were mistakes. Both teams were playing very sloppy. Michigan was horrible with special teams. They left four points out, out there they had a missed field goal they had a, a botched snap on the point after the cost them four points that cost them overtime most likely um alabama with the snaps i mean like how bad is that center by the way he just hit the transfer portal today i feel bad for the guy everyone's piling on him but like it's insane that alabama that alabama has been playing all year and was in a playoff game with a guy who can barely snap the ball i mean like well that's crazy
1: I don't know about, he, for some reason, he had a hard time snapping it then. But didn't you feel like, like it seemed like the ball was a little slick at first? Well, it seemed like I that don't to even me. know. Like,
0: no, because he's been having issues with this all year long. Like that's what caused, that almost doomed them in the Auburn game. A bad snap is what gave them that fourth and goal from the 31 yard line that somehow they miraculously pulled off when they should have lost that game. Like this guy's had snap issues all year long. And it's just crazy right. to me that. That an Alabama team that just like coaches so well and executes so well could be having issues like that, but like it for a, there was a good portion of that game where it felt like there were two modes to this game. It was one team is dominating the other team, or both teams are trying to lose this game. Like like it start, like Michigan came out immediately tried to to blow the game. They had the. The muffed God. punt. Alabama gets up seven nothing, and then all of a sudden, and Michigan the interception, comes. Interception,
1: like one of the first plays of the game. Remember? Yeah, they and they were, were lucky. Pick.
0: Lucky that it that it ended up not being a pick. I mean, talk about lucky. That was that was the first play, not one of the first. That was the first play. And McCarthy <laughs> threw like a crazy pass, and he does that sometimes. Yeah. He's usually pretty smart with the ball, but you're right. Like the like ten minutes into that game, Tyler, I was like, this is bad. This is so bad. And then thankfully. After uh Alabama scores, Michigan answers. They go in, and score. Uh they take the lead 14-7. That was
1: huge. Michigan had timely drives whenever they oh, needed yes, to.
0: For sure. And, it seemed like they came down and scored. And yeah. their defense um, because, dominated uh, so, Alabama the first half. Like Alabama barely had a hundred, I think they had less than hundred yards of total offense the whole first half. And and then you know, like so it, it went. It, Michigan goes in up 13 10 and half, even though it felt like they should have been up, you know, 14, like nothing or 14 7. You know what I mean? And so um, then Alabama comes out and they're dominating the second half. When Alabama gets the lead, they're running it all over Michigan. Their defense made adjustments. Michigan can't do anything offensively. I thought it was over, uh, you know, like, uh, uh, Jalen Milrow had the fumble, and, and Michigan ended up not even getting any points off of that. But that felt like
1: a a momentum killer for Alabama in the moment. And then no, you know, no, no. See, but 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 that's the thing about these big games is I, that's why I love college football. Is you don't really get this. Maybe you get this in the Super Bowl, but those players handle it differently. College football is more exciting. It's it's better oh, because yeah. you get these gigantic momentum swings, and in the moment, it feels like your team if you're going through a down spell is never going to come yep. out of it and you're yep. going to lose no matter what. And the game's over. And when it's going in your favor, you feel like there's no way you're going to lose this game. Yep. And so each team had those moments in this, in this game where you're like, Oh my God, of course, Alabama's going to pull on Alabama and just mercy them. And, win. and then at the end of the game, you're like, you know, it was for Michigan. It's the other way around. And so I agree. And it kind of felt like that, but I will say that in the back of my mind, I did kind of still have that. It's Alabama. It's still Alabama. I mean, they're gonna find a way. Went to overtime. They're gonna score. They're gonna. And I thought, let me know. Let me know what you think about this because I haven't t- said this out loud yet. So maybe saying it out loud is gonna sound kooky. I think that if Saban would have scored in overtime, he's going for two. Now I know that's easy mm. to say, looking back like hindsight. You mean and I'm like not trying to be the
0: matching score, like on the one where they didn't score. You think he's going for two for the win?
1: for the win because they lost 27-20 if they scored to make it 27-26 and they're going for two because I think he saw what we were all seeing. The longer that game was going, the better Michigan's defensive line was looking and again, I'm. I, I was saying this during the game because this is an easy take to have now. Sure, you know it's it's very easy to say that now. But I want to be. I want to be very clear. Yeah. During the game, I was saying. I was saying he's gonna go for two. He's gonna fucking go for two if they get this. I so wonder, that's What I was thinking. I'm like because I don't I do know that right. that's
0: always his forte because like typically Saban doesn't have to play aggressively like that to win. Like normally he's right. the te- like Alabama's the team where it's like we just score and do our thing and we wait on the other team to fuck up. But you're right in that but, game. But, but it was it had a it was, different it was, vibe. A, an,
1: It was an accumulation of what had happened, and this is going to get to my uh, my handicap. But I got some numbers here. Let me go to the middle. So, in the in the second half, Michigan's defense held Alabama to averaging twenty five yards per drive. Okay, they scored uh, one touchdown, and they had the ball seven times. Wait, no, no, no. That's got to be the first half because Michigan's defense was dominating the the first half. End of the second quarter. It's not. I'm looking right now at the stats. End of the second quarter. Alabama had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, that seven possessions. No all the yardage shit. backs up. Uh, that is a hundred percent true. Yeah, because you know sometimes I like how you check that too. Because sometimes you got to check these stats. There's a lot of numbers flying around on here, but that's a true stat. Second well, it half, felt like like Alabama, Alabama was moving the ball yards the second drive. half. That's crazy because no nope, nope. Here's here, here's their drives: twenty-seven yards, six yards, fifty-five yards. 13 yards, 35 yards, 18 yards, and then in overtime, 23. Okay,
0: so you know what it is? Is that 55-yard drive, what that felt like to me was like a 75 or an (laughs) 80-yard drive, but the truth is that Alabama dominated special teams. Michigan special teams were terrible, and Alabama kept getting the ball with amazing field position.
1: So doesn't Neil deGrasse Tyson say time's all relative? So maybe that one drive to you just felt like an eternity. Well, it in just like there were going there were through two drives.
0: There there were two drives in the second half. There's one where Alabama scored where they just like mm-hmm. executed super well and ran it down Michigan's throat. And then there was the drive where it felt like they were going to score before Milroe fumbled. Like they were driving that that drive and they were like it looked like they were no, going to score. No, see,
1: this this happens too. I think you're just conflating drives because the fumble drive, they fumbled on the second play. That was only a two play. Yeah, drive. Yeah, but the
0: first play it was like a bit, It was like a twelve yard run to the right, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And it was okay, following okay. the drive where they scored, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" But, but it's going to happen look, again. E-
1: either way, either way. I mean, it's it's hard to just you know pick plays out no, or, or you're drives right, out though. like that, but. But the point is, yeah, they, they really held them in the second half. It, but maybe it was just a full game thing. Maybe Michigan's defense really had one of those games. All look, they I mean, look, they, they have had five sacks
0: defense. in the first half, which is insane. I mean, they had two sacks on 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 the first drive. The very first play was like a like a ten yard sack, and so they were getting after Milro, and I loved that. And here's what I like. Ultimately, this game could have gone so many different ways. I mean, you think of some of the big plays, like how about that that. Trick play that Michigan ran, where they threw it back to McCarthy backwards pass, and he barely makes a one handed catch and gets yeah. rid of it right as he's getting hit, and it actually works. Like that play could have gone terribly. Um, like there were lots of plays that just broke Michigan's way out of luck. Like the the tipped ball pass at the end that Ro- that Roman Wilson caught, like that that looked like it was going to be an interception. Like that the ball was tipped right at the line of scrimmage when McCarthy threw it, and it elevated the the flight the the ball flight and somehow Roman Wilson mm-hmm. got up, and if he doesn't grab that, it's an interception, and, th- and that game is over Like at that point. And so there were lots of plays that happened like that, but what the one thing I took away from, because I felt like my vibe for this game was right on, right? I picked Alabama, but I think what, what a lot of that had to do with, when I said this when I was breaking down this game last week was like, I first of all, I'd, I wasn't sure how good the Big Ten was, but I also wasn't really sure how good the SEC was this year, and I think that, the realization I came to is that, like, the SEC, of course, is still really good. Like, they're they're probably still like the best conference. Maybe.
1: No, I I kind of agree with you here because there's the there's the reputation where it's always like okay right. SEC they're always the best. But How I, many good defenses think,
0: is there? Is there a single great defense in in the SEC this year? Like. You know what I mean?
1: Like, think about well, that. Let me pull well, let me pull up the advanced stats because you know this is where we like to go. Let's You're go just, to the numbers like, here.
0: Like when you think of SEC, you think like great defenses. And now it's like Georgia's defense wasn't that good. Alabama's defense was good, but not great. Like there was not a truly dominant SEC
1: defense this year. And the lower level teams, like none of them had great defenses. You know what I mean? Okay. So so the best defense this year, according to the FEI rankings, was Alabama, and that's uh number eight in the country. Right. And, and 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 that's usually not usually you get SEC defenses like number two, right, Four or like right. one, three, five, seven, ten, and that's not this year. This year, best eighth. I mean, the next best SEC team. I don't even. It's it's. You're right. It's it's uh, not great. Yeah, I mean, I
0: I felt like I knew that that Michigan's defense was going to be able to keep them in the game. What I didn't know was like. Is, is the SEC dominance going to show on the defensive side of the ball and Michigan's not going to be able to score? And I feared that initially, but then the second Michigan had that first touchdown scoring drive to tie it 7-7, I, I was texting people during the game and I was like, Michigan can hang. like this. It's official. Michigan can absolutely hang with right. Alabama and they can win this game. Now, a, a lot of things had to break their way again for it to happen, but um, I'm just so excited as a Michigan fan and I love it for... I mean, talk about biggest winners of the playoff Saturday is the Big Ten because... Uh, Michigan gets in, and new Big Ten team starting next year. Washington is in as well, and so that's when we should probably move on. Now to uh, to the Washington was was this the uh, the Sugar Bowl? What bowl was this? I don't even remember.
1: Okay, hold on. Before we move on, okay. Before we move on, I want to talk about something, okay. and I don't want you to get mad at me. Okay, I w- okay, I'm not getting mad. I feel like we have to talk about this just because Connor Stallions is gone. <laughs> I'm I'm not, I'm being serious. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm being 100% serious. Just because he's gone. I think it's silly to assume that the sign stealing is just done, has just stopped. I think what's happened is it's business as normal, business as usual. I think Connor Stallions was a huge piece of the operation, but when he's gone... I think that it just continues on as as it was going before, and you just take his equation out because a lot of the work's already done. They already have all this stuff done. They already had a lot of these, you know, signs already, whatever you know, accounted for. Now Alabama said they changed signs. They did certain things, right. but I, I just want to. I'm not trying to be conspiracy theorists and I'm not trying to say this to piss you off. I really am not because uh, I was thinking this during the game. You know, they they will show the coordinators call and plays right, and I'm sure you saw this too. And it just looks, the optics are weird, okay? It just looks weird when the defensive coordinator is just staring right across as he's, when he's, like, calling these plays. And right. you can tell he's looking at their their sideline. And I know that's not abnormal. I know there's a lot of football teams out there. And look, stealing signs is like a, everyone knows it happens. It's like stealing signs in baseball, right? It's, it's like a known thing. Michigan just took it too far. So even coaches who ratted on Michigan would admit this. So that's why I don't think that there's an inherent problem. I'm just saying, so I'm not like, I'm not like, you know, calling foul here on Michigan. I'm just bringing this up because so, I was watching him and he was clearly looking at the So I'm just going, it just doesn't look good. You know what I'm saying, man? Like it just doesn't look yeah, good. But,
0: okay. And that's fair. Look, you're, you're definitely right by the way. However, like here's what I would say to, as like counterpoints that like, yeah, you're right. Just because, and by the way, just side note, Connor Stallions was there he he was as a fan he was in attendance like he, it, went oh, around, it went around went <laughs> around on social media he was at the game at, like repping michigan which is hilarious that's but great. um here's what i'd say is that yet yeah, like i think we have to break this down into two different things because the difference is not sign stealing because we know that teams sign steal in fact like there's a, most of major program staffs have a guy whose job it is during the game to watch the other sideline and try to decipher the the signs, right? That's the whole point. Correct. That's not yes. like that's, that's
1: why teams have multiple yes uh, uh, people. Signal playing right. that's why teams have different uh, uh signs with yes. different you know codes. That's why they have those big old right. like you know like things they'll hold. And up that's to block legal. It. What are the you know yeah yeah so, that's yeah, that's not
0: against the rules. So you're right. But here's here's what I'll say is that th- to me, like the idea that Connor Stallions and what he did gave Michigan an edge in this game can't. That's just insane because Alabama
1: had a month. Just between the regular the SEC championship game and this, bowl you're game you're separating to switch up this concept. St- let, let's forget Connor Science. I, I shouldn't have really brought him up, but we have to use his name and bring him up. I'm not saying like we, we can forget him. What the average fan like me is skeptical of is is they clearly had a sophisticated operation. I think that the assumption for some people was because Stallions is gone, that operation now no, no, doesn't no. exist anymore. I, I
0: get what you're saying, but like even still, like even, let's even say that. That Stallions is removed and Michigan says, fuck it, we're still going to have people advanced at game scouting signals, right? That's what you're saying, right? Um, they had a month to switch up their signals, so that none of that shit matters anymore. That's no difference there's no difference no, 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 between no. that and just watching the film and then being I'm, able to as identify As I said to you them.
1: earlier I'm not calling foul on Michigan like I'm right. not saying they did anything wrong right so I'm not I think you're taking that from that angle like what did they do wrong I'm not saying that I'm just saying you don't like seeing the coordinator are, watching the other sideline as they're it, calling plays Not it's it's just weird things come to your mind and you get skeptical like if you deal with like an individual who's always stealing stuff right and he comes into your store and you own a retail store, you're gonna be more skeptical of that individual. Like if Michigan has been caught doing this and this and, and it, it just looks bad. The optics are bad. Again, I'm not saying it's bad. Now, what would be very impressive is is if Michigan is so advanced that they have people at the game who are deciphering signs at the game and he's watching for that very reason, which is legal. That's all legal. I think that would be Highly, and so I think the conversation, like you should, should, maybe even shift to something that no one's talked about. Like, do we give them credit for being like next level at this because they have found a way to do something? That's that what everyone, the people, don't used like-
0: to praise Davos, Swinney, and and, uh, so and Brett for. Right, I'm not saying we should. But here's that. what I'm saying but, but is that all I think I'm that saying is you're watching that, that, this that. game. You're watching this game, and and if you're watching the Pop Tart Bowl and you see the Kansas State defensive coordinator while he's calling plays you're not thinking i wonder if he's watching the other team sideline it's just because that's exactly it's right you're right. exactly right so uh, to it's me that, that's why Michigan. i don't think that that, that that this should be part so of so i have
1: that natural wonder right. just like in my in my stupid analogy if there's some teenager who's known all over town to steal shit If teenagers walking, you're not just going to, it's not every teenager. It's like if it's any college football game, I'm not going to think that. But if that one fucking shithead who always is walking in, stealing shit, if he comes in, you're going to be watching. It's not everyone. So if Michigan's doing it, people's antennas are just going to be up, as mine were, and you just can't have them to think. I just, people, people are talking, people are talking, Seinfeld. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I wanted to get your input. You deserved the platform to say your piece I put it out there for you. I actually don't think Michigan's doing anything wrong. I just wanted to give you the opportunity to to say something. Yeah, I
0: mean, look, I'm sure they didn't just say we're going to stop trying to decipher people's signs. I think they probably just said we got to get rid of this guy who's doing it illegally. Um, but again, who, who knows? We're going to find out uh, once the NCAA starts investigating. But uh, and they may have to vacate. They may be vacating this uh, this year or potentially a championship in the future. Like who knows? But ultimately, like. It doesn't matter. They're there. They earned it um, on the field, in my opinion. And it wasn't going to make a difference if they had the signs or not when they played, you know, UNLV week three. Um, It actually works to their benefit in that argument that they played a bunch of cupcakes uh, early in the year. So um, (laughs) that's
1: a classic Michigan fan take right there. It actually helps them. (laughs) It does. For the argument, it does. I can't believe you've talked yourself into that. That's not very, that's not. Um, But uh, Washington. It's actually a good thing. It's actually, you know, look at O.J. Oh, you know what happened to O.J.? It's actually a good thing if you look at it now. Look at his life. No, yeah. Let's definitely compare this <laughs> you know, to double you know, murder. You know, let's compare it to double <laughs> murder, Tyler. Good call. Um, you know why I thought of that is I watched this great YouTube like short documentary thing when I was sick. On the and it, it highlighted the 1990s NFL. It was a tight 45-minute synopsis of 10 years of NFL football. It was fantastic. And the Broncos won two Super Bowls in that, so I loved watching that, but... OJ, they covered OJ in there, the whole chase and the the trial. And this. so that was, oh, uh, yeah. I've the been Jewish, watching OJ yeah. stuff lately. Yeah, yeah,
0: no. Very, did you ever very see similar. OJ,
1: did you ever see that one like documentary? The ESPN documentary. Yes. No, like, was it ESPN? Well,
0: no. Okay. So they no, did, no. it was simultaneously, they did a TV show where they had actors play, That's you know, people. It. And that was fine. But it literally came out at the exact same time. ESPN did like a six hour documentary series on OJ that was incredible and it was so much better than that so that's my personal yeah. opinion
1: and but, saw him on vacation <laughs>
0: we never named <laughs> so uh so she's, oh, I'll bleep she's that out. I'll <laughs> have to bleep that I'll write that down we have the we have the
1: timestamp we have the timestamp
0: <laughs> incredible um but uh but yes, yeah, so uh, Washington. Washington takes care of business against Texas. This gets you the bet board victory. Um, here's what I'll say about this game. Um, like, and I think a lot of college football fans, if you're honest with yourself, like I've been. You remember I picked Washington to to win the Pac-12. I've been on them all year long before people were talking about them. Even still, I feel like I didn't give them enough credit going into this game, and what I assumed was like Texas's superior talent was going to get the job done right and it became it was apparent and by the way like the ending of this game excluded that was the craziest ending where it felt like texas somehow almost won that game in the weirdest most dumb way possible where their, the washington player got injured and stopped the clock and actually gave texas a chance they had a legitimate chance to go down and win that game when it felt like they never should have been yeah. in it um but take that part out of it like t- let's go let's focus on the early parts where Washington was just, like, dominating them. Like, the it, Michael Penix throws a ball like nobody have ever fucking seen before. Like, lots of guys are accurate and have great numbers, but, like, there is something different just eye tests when you watch him play. Like, he throws bombs and darts, like, laser ball. Like, like, he just does shit that you don't see, and they have three, like, elite wide receivers for him to throw to, and it's really not that hard of an equation to just say... If we can keep this guy clean and we don't get pressure on this guy, like they can pick apart anybody. And trust me, it it terrifies me as a Michigan fan to think that if Michigan can't get pressure on Penix, that he's just going to sit back there and light Michigan up for four hundred fucking yards like he did to Texas. And again, I don't think that Texas and Michigan are the same defensively. This is a different game, and we're going to break that down coming up here in a second. But like, thoroughly impressed with Kalen DeBoer and his uh, his game plan. Um, he, you know, Texas made some mistakes. I don't think that Ewers played that great. And Sark had a good, you know, had, had a, a good game plan too, but like Kalen DeBoer just had them dialed. And like, I, I just, I, I came away thinking like, what an incredible accomplishment for Kalen DeBoer in only his second year to take Washington, a team that nobody gave a chance to get this far, to get into the playoff, be undefeated in the playoff. And now they're going to be playing for a national championship game. And they have a, li- I mean, they have a real shot at winning this game against Michigan. I really believe it.
1: Okay, I didn't know where you were going to go with that. I thought you were going to have a twist at the end because you started it by saying, "Oh, I hope I think all real college football fans realize this." But I thought you were going to, so I thought you were going to end all that with a but. It but was no. just I, I, the
0: thing. I think that uh, if you're an honest college football fan, I think you have like, I'm sure there's some people out there that were like, "I knew Washington would be this good," but that's rare. I think you have to admit that we, a lot of us, overlooked Washington for a big portion of the season. And even recently, like going in, there were so many people that just penciled Texas into that national championship game. You know who didn't
1: it, it, you go. (laughs) If you don't believe, go back and listen to our PAC 12 preview. Will was all over Washington and I was, I was skeptical. So there you go. Yeah, but I
0: I wouldn't have picked him to win to be in the national championship game. I definitely picked him to win the Pac-12, but I, I definitely even recently. I mean, fuck, I picked Texas, and yeah, it was I we. You can go back and listen. I did it for the listeners to make it a bet board game, and I still, you know, um, you know, I I feel like there was good reason to pick Texas, and Texas is a great team, and what a great season for for Sark, by the way, and for the Longhorns, like they are back, uh, they're fully back, but um, you know, I think that. I Like, like looking back at it now, it's one of those games where you're like, it seems so obvious. Like what's Texas, Texas weakness defensively? It's they give up big plays in the passing game. So if, if the recipe is literally for Washington, keep Penix clean. And by then, they still didn't shy away from running ball either. They still committed to run the ball against that Texas front, which nobody's done all year. And they still did it a little bit, but like Penix carved them up. And so I've got, I've got a quick,
1: uh, I've got a quick, uh, uh, Business name, business... Or actually, this is more of like a marketing idea. Okay. For like Dove Soap. Okay. So Dove could do this uh, for Penix. Because you just said you got to keep Penix clean, right? <laughs> keep your Penix <laughs> clean. Yeah. So Dove Soap. I think Dove is a little too you know? classy Old for Spice, that. Old Spice. about Old Spice. Yeah,
0: exactly. Old Spice. Keep your Penix okay.
1: clean. Yeah, There you go, Old Spice. You send me a check in the mail.
0: Yeah. But I mean, just what, what a win for Washington. And what a win... Uh I, I'm so glad I'm happy because I'm sad seeing the Pac-Twelve go. The Pac-Twelve goes out with a team going to the national championship. They may go out with the best team in the country. And I'm really
1: I'm mean, I, I love that for the Pac-Twelve. If the Pac-Twelve stays and restructures, is it still the Pac-Twelve? No, and it won't. I mean, there's literally. Because right now teams it's the Pac two, but like yes. but what if they what if San Diego State and all these other teams like decide in the offseason they're gonna get in? No, not happening. No, I don't think so. I think those guys are going to the,
0: the, they'll who knows what's going to happen, but I'm I love it for for college football. I like what a what a way what a curtain call for the Pac-12 to have Washington in the National Championship game when when everyone was like it's going to be USC, it's going to be Oregon, you know, it's going to be Utah and uh, and Washington goes undefeated, beats all those teams and they they legitimately could be national champions. Ab so fruitly will um, but should we uh, and and also it's huge for the Big Ten because future Big Ten like you know we could have seen uh, Alabama versus Texas and everyone would have been like SEC SEC we got the SEC championship, we got the, with the future the future SEC Texas game and it's the opposite so major win for well, uh, for the Big Ten moving forward
1: for sure Paul Feinbaum would have done that and he, he there's no that's <laughs> the that's the hypocrisy because you know for a fact he would have said that oh look of what's course. happening even the future SEC is going to be dominating and. I don't understand how nobody, that's what he would have said. Now it's a big 10. He's just going to breeze. He's not going to not, you know, he's not going to rag on the big 10. He's just going to breeze right through. No, it. he has to walk not it back anything.
0: a little bit and then he can, he can get right back to his sec water carrying, uh, immediately. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. I think that, uh, I mean, whatever, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna waste my time listening and, and, and debating the opinions of Paul Feinbaum. So, um,
1: <laughs> I do need to work on my Paul Feinbaum impression though. You know, I got some of the southern thing going on, but I think I need to hone in on my fine bomb. That's not very fine bomb. That's more a little dabo. Uh, maybe a little It doesn't sound uh, like
0: fine bomb at all. Your southern accent <laughs> is the same for all of them, regardless.
1: Oh, no. Look, sweetie, I got multiple southern accents. All right, now, darling. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nothing changed about that at all. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it did. Okay, what about this? Uh,. uh, uh. Well, you could do your uh, your Cajun. You're a little le- you're a little lazy and a Cajun. You okay, know, that's joyous. the first one
0: that was different. The other two are okay. the exact same. But we don't I have can to do my no. Brian
1: Kelly Southern family family Brian Yeah, Ke- yeah that's Brian okay. Kelly.
0: Okay, so but that, again, that's uh-huh. Brian Kelly's Southern accent's not a Southern accent. So you still only have the two, in my opinion. But uh, that's okay. I can
1: do British accent though.
0: Mm, let's not do that. Different um, show. Different show. But uh, yeah, any more? Uh, yeah, I mean. Are are you excited for... I mean, we're going to break it down. Should we just move on to breaking down the national championship game?
1: Yeah. If you're going to bet this, bet it at BetUS.com. You can bet all the sports you love. I know college football is coming to a sad end, but they're going to have some futures up soon for next year. Bet all your champions, conference winners, all that good stuff at BetUS.com. Baseball's coming up. Bet some baseball at BetUS. But I love the entertainment bets. Now, Will, you know the Academy Awards are coming up soon, right? Oh, sure. I I always Mm -hmm. miss them. I know you do. Okay. Uh, best actress was Lily, or uh, the favorite, Lily Gladstone in Killers of the Flower Moon. Okay. Didn't uh, you see Killers of the Flower Moon? I
0: did not. I heard I heard some not mm. great reviews, uh, and that's surprising mm. for me for a Scorsese film.
1: Well, when you have a flower moon, you definitely want to <laughs> nip that in the bud. Of course. Uh, how about this? Last person to appear on the memoriam sequence. For the Academy Awards, so like who oh, they're gonna show? Who's the
0: last person that's gonna die? Last person.
1: The so, the overwhelming no. Uh, the overwhelming favorite is Tina Turner. No, 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 not the, the, the who's gonna show? I, I I just like show them on TV. Right, right. So and it's only for last year. So
0: all it, it can't be like tomorrow Tom Hanks dies. So we're gonna bet Tom Hanks.
1: I mean, should we, do you want to know who the favorite is anyway?
0: R.I.P. Tina Turner.
1: Yeah, Tina Turner.
0: I mean, I don't there, even know she died. There's some other ones it's, on there, uh, but very sad. No? Yeah, so. Very nice of you to make light yeah. of such a tragic thing, Tyler. Um, but where should you know they what? be? Where should they be placing these that. bets I on know dead what people, was
1: Tyler? Jerry Springer's ninety-two to one. Uh, <laughs> you you can bet on those at BetUS.com. Jerry, BetUS.com. Jerry. Yeah, put in promo code Tailgate. Yep, and you can get access to all kind of promo, uh, promos and bonuses. That's BetUS promo code Tailgate.
0: Love it. Um, okay, the national championship game, Tyler. Now I know. Even if we were on opposite sides, I won't be able to squeeze a bet board game out of you because you're gonna be no. Uh, you're gonna be a silly goose, and you you can't possibly allow it to end in a tie. This isn't England, after all. Um, Wait, you think I was born in last night, Will. Uh, I, if so, you look like a, you look terrible. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we have Texas. We are, oh my gosh, we have Texas. We have Washington versus you Michigan. Wish. The game, of course, being played in Houston, Texas. And currently Michigan Michigan is a four and a half point favorite, Tyler.
1: Let's go. Is let's this go. A, is
0: this a bet a best bet? Are you betting this game?
1: No. No, unfortunately. Unfortunately not. Unfortunately. The last it's college football game gonna, of the year,
0: and you're not gonna bet it?
1: Well, look, let's give some thoughts for why I'm not gonna bet it. Because okay. I'm obviously looking for some juice here, right? And mm. obviously, like a little juice. Now, my pure line after the adjustments from last week, is Michigan minus 5.86. So you may think that there's a little value on Michigan. And I actually agree with that. If I were leaning one way, I would probably take those points. But you know what I'm going to do? Because I don't have a strong bet, I'm just going to get a little square with it and probably money line Michigan. Oh, wow. Yeah, Moneyline Michigan, put it with a little hockey game, have a little fun during the day, you know, do something like that. Nothing big, though. A little cheddar, sprinkle a little cheddar on it, nothing big. Okay, so that's just my rating, 5.86. That's an upgrade, too. After last week, I don't do a lot of adjustments based on the bowl games for reasons we get into in the offseason, but I do upgrade and downgrade for the playoff games. And after last week, Washington got almost a two-point upgrade. Wow. And Michigan got like a half-point or so upgrade. So all that together, Michigan's just under six points better. Um, Let's start off with just some rankings here. The FEI rankings, I always like to talk about those. Efficiency rolled into a little one-number statistic. Michigan, number two overall team in the country, number five overall offense, number two overall defense. Washington, number nine overall, number four overall offense, number 27 overall defense. Uh, I want to start off there with Washington... And their defense going against Michigan's offense, because that's obviously going to be where a lot of people are going to see an avenue for Michigan to win this game. Because Washington, clearly this year, not a very good defense. They are 50th in the country in defensive points per drive, allowing 2.06 points per drive this game. Now, to put that in perspective, since they began tracking this stat in 2007, which kind of seems late to me. I was like, 2007, that's as far back as, as points per drive goes. But anyway... This would be, and I'm sure you could eventually find it, but like for the official stats, this would be the worst defense in the stat, like in that time span to win the national championship. Wow. So every team since 2007 has had a defense that's better than that. Okay. Um, I see a lot of things going against Washington just on the stat sheet. Now we have to remember a couple things. They played one of the toughest schedules this season for offensive teams. Look who they played. They played. USC, Oregon, like Arizona they don't have great defenses, Arizona, but they have these offenses that can really put points up. So that contributes to it, right? Michigan's numbers on defense are off the charts. We'll talk about that in a second, but there's also a reason for that, right? So we have to consider mm-hmm. opponent played and we can't ignore that with Washington, but numbers are numbers. Now let's talk just normal statistics for Washington. Okay. Cause these don't look great. 49th in the country in points allowed per game. That's 49th. 88th in opponent yards per game 41st in rushing yards allowed per game and 121st that's out of 133 in passing yards allowed per game okay I'm want to focus though on rush defense because well just right now because I think that Washington is really underrated in this part of their defense because although ranking 41st they're only 10 yards per game away from ranking top 20. And just think about that, like right. what that would sound like, right? Washington, top 20 rush defense. That just, right? And that yardage, you may say, okay, well, that's still 10 yards a game. That means something. Not really when you look at their schedule, because a lot of that yardage can be explained and accounted for easily in a lot of these games with garbage yards. For example, I went back and looked at an early game, just p- picked it randomly, Tulsa, week three, Washington played Tulsa. They were up 43-10, Washington was, at the end of the game. And Tulsa got the ball with like, you know, a couple minutes left and they ran, ran, ran with with Washington in a uh, pre-event, and they got like 50 extra rushing yards in the last couple minutes. Right. meant nothing, didn't score a point, but at the end of the year, those things total up, right? So those garbage numbers, which you have to account for for both teams, but looking here, that's why I think that's kind of skewed a bit. Not, look, garbage yards aren't going to turn you from a good team to an average team, but that's one aspect, okay? So that's one thing is, a lot of those things add up to where a little bit better, and they're suddenly a top twenty rush defense in terms of yardage. Um, I see this more of an accumulation with rushing, with Washington's rush defense as an accumulation of rushing yards this season, which is still not bad overall. Forty first, it's not an indication of a team who just can't stop the run. When you look deeper, what's going on is they're actually so bad against the pass that a lot of these other teams' game plan is to throw the football more than they usually would. Another example during the season would be the Utah game. Okay, Utah is clearly a team that's going to want to run the football, especially a season like this one, where they've got backup quarterbacks, you got Bryson Barnes in there learning the offense. This was a year where we saw Utah rely heavily on that running attack when it mattered the most. But when they played Washington, they threw the ball 30 times, and they ran it 26 times taking out sacks. It was part of their game plan to throw the football. And by the way, it worked. They only lost that like game like 35-28, and they kept up scoring against Washington's defense because they threw it, and that was Kyle Whittingham's game plan. But looking at the box score, maybe just looking at the schedule, you may say, you know, if you're handicapping this game and you go through and look at the schedules, you may say, oh, look, Utah's a Russian team. They put up 28 of Washington. Michigan's going to do the same. But that's not really the case. So my point with all this is we haven't seen a team with a run heavy all day attack, it's Washington. Partly again because their pass defense is so bad, but we just haven't seen it. Now, having said that, I feel like the narrative out there is Michigan can just run the football, line up and run. Look what they've done, look how good they are. And I question that, Will. Now, maybe it's just a pure stats I'm getting lost in, okay? But they're 60th in the country in yards in rushing yards per game. That's that's like right around average in the country. If they're so amazing. Why are they rushing for 160 a game? Like, why would that be? Because you know what I feel like happened? Like, so many things happened in the sport. A narrative sparked, took off this season. And look, I'm not saying Michigan has a bad rush defense, but it was that game against Penn State where everyone goes, oh, my God, you see They ran the, ball." Right. Oh, they were- M- 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 Carves, seven for eight during the whole game. They ran it for all the, it was just like, it was everyone we were talking about. Let ESPN, it was everywhere. It's like, should we get it? Mm-hmm. I get it. it. They ran the ball against Penn State. Congratulations. But again, if they're so great, Why are they only running for 160 in every game this season? It's because they're smart. I'm not going to take anything away and say they can't necessarily do it. right? I'm not going to say they can't. I think Michigan this season did what they needed to do when playing bully ball with that amazing defense. I mean, it really comes down to this D. It's insane. It's crazy what these numbers are. Michigan allowed (laughs) 10.2 points per game. It's just silly. When you look at their schedule, it's so fun. It's laughable. It's like this is Madden on well, NC dub coming up this offseason, by the way. Can't wait. This is NC dub on rookie mode or or you know freshman mode. Mm-hmm. This is easy. They're allowing ten point two yards per game. Okay. And we mentioned the second half of the Alabama game earlier. If you skipped over that, uh, Michigan dominated Alabama defensively all game. I mean, you look at all the three and outs in the first half, that speaks for itself. In the second half, though, Uh, Michigan held Alabama to averaging 25 yards per drive and uh, seven possessions, only one touchdown scored. So really impressive Michigan defense. We know all of that. Okay. So my question to you is, do you think that Michigan's passing defense is off the charts? Michigan is second in the country in uh, passing yards allowed per game. They are, what, 150 passing yards allowed per game? Yeah,
0: which is insane.
1: Right, so yes. l- again, let, let's 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 stick with Michigan's offense. I feel like we're we're veering towards the defense. I want to see that for the other side of the football, but let's get back to Washington's defense. Their rush game, Michigan against them, I kind of veered because you have to compare the two. Um, but Michigan's offense, do you think that they're going to come out and try to attack Washington's weak passing attack, or do you think they're going to just go run heavy? Because I honestly believe that if they ignore, because Everyone falls for the susceptible trap. Hey, Washington gives up passing yards. Like, right? look, Texas did it. Utah did it. All these teams do it, but they can't escape the trap of yeah. But then you're not going to outscore them, right? I think if Michigan lines up and runs it 45 times, they lose. I think it could be a long night for Washington. You know that I, oh, I really think so, but. Yeah, yeah. So no, I, I don't think they lose. I think they win. I think the recipe for Michigan to win is run the football, run the football, run the football, run the football. When it's not working, when it's not run it, just run all day. Yeah. Have a Penn State. And again, I know I said that was narrative based, but that can't. I'm not saying it can be replicated. I'm saying people freaked out and they're probably overestimating Michigan's run capability based on that. But I think that they can line up and run. I think they can do it over and over and over because what's going to happen is if they are successful, go back and look at last game against uh, uh, Alabama. I They were running backs for averaging five, six yards per carry. It's just they chose not to because that was part of their game plan that worked against the, the Tide. Right. If Washington's forced to bring players up and they expose the secondary that gave up the 121st most passing yards this year, then Michigan goes deep and looks for that big play, which they are capable of. You know that. So that's why I think the rushing game for Michigan is so important this game, and that's what it's going to come down to. I don't think they should throw the football because... You you risk turnovers. Making right. you don't want to have three turnovers if you're Michigan. You want no turnovers. Oh, don't make sure. mistakes. Get the win.
0: Yeah. See, that's what what I what makes me nervous about this game. Besides, just that it's Michael Penix and three receivers that are like impossible to to guard. Right? Um, is that it, it's different than the TCU game last year because the TCU game last year everyone had penciled Michigan in, and it was the first round of the playoffs. I think they were so focused on getting to that next step and getting to Georgia again or whatever. Like, I don't think that they can overlook Washington because it is the national championship game. But what worries me is that. Yeah. I think that they're, I think that they could look at, at Washington and get confident and say, yeah, we can do whatever we want. Now to your point, like Michigan they haven't been as dominant running the ball as they were the previous two years. And I've noticed that as a Michigan fan, but they've, they've always been able to, when they ha- absolutely had to in the drives this year, like in, in drives against Ohio state and against Penn state and against Alabama, like in all these big games where they absolutely had to that drive, they find a way to do it, but you're right. They don't just, they're not like they were a better rushing team the previous year than they were this year. Um, and so, right. but they have been more willing to be balanced. And so you're right. Like, I would like to see them just line it up and pound it against Washington, but I don't think they will do that. I think they've they've shown all year that they'll be aggressive on first down, throwing the ball on first ground on first down, um, staying balanced in the passing attack. And so, to me, like what scares me is is if they get really pass happy and JJ McCarthy makes bonehead plays, which. He doesn't do often, but when he does, they're bad, right? He did. It. He threw two pick sixes against TCU last year. He threw that first fucking pass against Alabama in the Rose Bowl that should have been a pick, and they were just lucky that he was out of bounds first. Um, he's made some really dangerous plays. And yes, for every dangerous play he makes, he makes an incredible play, too. Like he's just that player. Um, if Michigan's going to lose this game, that's how they're going to lose the game. They're going to pass. When even though they probably should just be running it, and McCarthy's going to make mistakes and throw interceptions, and I think that the Washington defense is talented enough to to capitalize on those if he's not smart with the ball. And so, so,
1: so when I when I run my you know all my analysis for this game and I do my stuff, what I see and what I think is going to happen this game is it's much more predictable what we're getting from this side of the football. That's kind of why I wanna wanted, wanted to start with Michigan's offense. I think Michigan is pretty consistently. Going to be, you know, scoring the same amount of points. They're going to be able to move the football. I think Michigan will be able to score like, you know, anywhere 28, you know, in that range, maybe in the low 30s, maybe, you know, mid 20s, but like in that range, right? I think the big wild card is getting to the other side of the football, right? So, so I think that Michigan w- will, as long as they don't turn the ball over or do anything stupid or really shoot themselves on the foot, I think that they're going to be able to, to, be fine score points. I think so. I think that once you get, yeah, I think once you get to Michigan on defense and Washington on offense, then you have this wild variance where I could see Washington scoring 38 points like I had before and going off. I could also see Michigan really frustrating Washington as the best defense they played all season. So let's dive into this a little bit. So we kind of talked these numbers earlier, but just some pure stats, Michigan this year on defense They are, in terms of their passing defense, they're second in the country, allowing 150 yards a game. And their rush defense, they're seventh in the country, allowing 94.5 rushing yards per game. Washington is the number one passing offense in the country. It should be clear when you watch them, they're so elite at what they do when they pass the football. 350 a game through the air. But they're 100th in terms of rushing yards per game with 123. But again, This isn't about if if you're hearing this and you're a uh, Michigan fan or a backer, you you have a lot of money on them. You may think that I'm coming up with these reasons why Washington has these stats, and I'm just trying to look for the truth. And what I think again applies here: this is not an excuse for Washington. I think what this is is we're seeing Kalen DeBoer's game plan simply being laid out on paper. Because it's funny, you know, even last week when they faced the number three rush defense in Texas. That didn't change their game plan. They no. still rushed for like 100 and yep. whatever it was, 13 or 103 yards. They were they, It was like a few yards short of their season average. Yep. So they looked exactly against Texas. They, they did the did same thing. Everybody else yep. looked exactly like, like they did against USC and Oregon and Tulsa. And you throw Texas in there, you go, oh, well, Texas is rush defense. There's no way you know they are going to stuff Washington, make them too one-dimensional. That didn't happen. They still rushed for over 100 yards, and it looked like any other game. So I'm going, huh maybe this is just how they want to play. Maybe they're just going to get those hundred yards, get over there to keep you honest, and then tear you up on the back end with one of the best quarterbacks in the country. So, you know, the difference is, with this week in this matchup, and this is where I kind of get my lean for the overall approach, is Michigan's passing defense. Because last week, and a lot of the teams that they played this year, Washington hasn't seen a defense like this. Last week, Texas, 105th in passing defense. Allowing over 250 a game. Michigan, as we said, number two in that same stat. So, yep. this is a much different animal, much different category. And DeBoer doesn't have three weeks, four weeks. He's got right. a week. He's dealing with interviews, stuff that Harbaugh have been to Super Bowls. He's been to big games. He knows how to deal with this kind of stuff. So, you know, as much of a great coach as, as DeBoer is, he doesn't have that advantage that he usually does. All these things add up to maybe a slight advantage I think in Michigan's part. So that pass defense is going to be the yep. X factor. I think that the entire handicap will comes out of that. So my main bullet point, if you want to boil it in it, if you want to boil this whole thing down to one bullet point, can Washington throw the football as efficiently as they need to to win. That's all this is. Yeah. Because if not, Michigan's pass defense can shut that down, Michigan wins, they can cover, and there you go. If Washington can throw the football and they can. I mean, I don't know what the number is. Let's put it at 295, just under 300. If they can throw for like around that area, I think that they can certainly, you know, win this game and cover the spread. So if Michigan can force Washington into these uncomfortable situations where they maybe have to run the football, especially will William Corningstone third, if. Michigan can somehow get up early and force Washington to play from behind and then take that passing attack away. My God, that's a recipe for winning. So that's like a big thing too. I didn't mention the handicap, but I think Michigan getting off to an early start and playing from ahead is a gigantic thing they need to go their way. Not need, but would be an indicator that Michigan's going to cover the spread. If right. they're up 14-0 early, it's a much of a game because if they're down 14-0 early, they could still grind it out, come back, slow down Washington, up 14-0, whew. It's looking good for Michigan.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple. Like, you know, ultimately, you're right. Washington hasn't played a pass defense like this all year. But also, Michigan has not played uh, an offense with with a quarterback like this all year. I mean, like that's exactly right. Um, yeah. Like Alabama's great at scheming big plays, but like we've all known that even though Milroe is great and he's great with the deep ball, like he's not Michael Penix. He's not carving defenses up with thirty-five passes a game for four hundred and fifty yards, right? Well, He's,
1: and look, and Nick Saban doesn't have a Kalen DeBoer on his staff, right? For like, sure, DeBoer is next level. But yeah. like,
0: agreed. And so, like, even like, in, even with Ohio State, like Ryan Day's always had a prolific passing offense scheme. But like, you know, uh, Kyle McCord was was not up to the, sure. the level that we were used to seeing, right? The, the honestly, the best quarterback that I think that Michigan played all year long was when they played. Uh, when they played Maryland, and and you had uh, Tua Junior, uh, Talia Viloa. and by the way, like that game kind of makes Talia. me nervous. Yep, when you wanna I get a
1: little football, <laughs> Talia,
0: that guy, he played. He had a a huge game against Michigan. He had, t- you know, two hundred and fifty yards passing. It was the the worst passing defense performance that Michigan put up all year long. He kind of carved up Michigan with a lot of dink and dunk passes. Now that's Washington
1: does a little but, bit but, of that. Okay. But they're they're more reliant yeah, on the big play. So the, I hate being remote. By the way, it's always sucks being remote. I don't like this. But I was gonna say the dink and dunk stuff. I think Washington showed us they can dink and dunk. Yeah, they have athletes. They they're quick. They've got these guys. So if they choose sure. to employ the game plan of screen passes, dump off passes, running backs. Washington doesn't necessarily have to throw deep; they're elite doing that, but I don't think they have to. I don't
0: think that they will do. Like that's the one thing that Michigan's defense has proven all year long is like they limit big plays. Like Alabama had one passing play over twenty yards the entire game uh, on on on, uh, Monday, so um, they're going to limit the big plays. But what worries me, like when I think back to that Maryland game where Michigan was sweating big time. By the way, like that was a scary game for Michigan fans. Um, Their defense carried them that game. They tore up michigan with the dink and dunk and so here's what uh, what will concern me if like michigan was able to pressure uh jalen milrow and you know and with their defensive line um washington's offensive line is is better than alabama's they've only allowed 10 sacks all year long against yeah, fourth uh, in the country yeah yeah and so like if michigan can create pressure if because what what Washington does exceptionally well with Kalen DeBoer and his system is they scheme plays to where he's getting rid of the ball really quickly. So like, it's not just that their offensive line is elite at pass protection. It's that like, he gets rid of the ball really quick to limit, you know, him getting hit and sacks. Right. Um, if Michigan can find a way to eliminate some of those really quick reads and force him to make progressions, which he's still very v- exceptionally good at, by the way, um, and they the, but that allows the defensive line to get pressure on him, that changes everything. Because I think Michigan will limit the big plays. If, if after the first quarter, Michigan isn't getting anywhere near him and he's getting rid of the ball really quickly, I'm going to be very concerned. Because I'm telling you, they can be dink and dunked. And so that's what concerns me. But ultimately, I do think that, I think that what Michigan will be able to do is create long offensive drives uh, that take up a lot of time that chew the clock and keep Penix off the field. And even if they're hitting big plays like that works towards Michigan's benefit to where, you know, um, Michigan's defense is staying fresh. They're staying clean on the sideline while the offense is extending long drives. Staying so fresh and so clean? Oh, so fresh and so clean. And so... That's that's what concerned no. <laughs> I thought you were asking me a question.
1: I had, no, I had a quick point to add though there. Yeah. Um you mentioned the time possession, that is also going to be a huge factor. I love this matchup. So many things to, so, to yeah, add awesome, in there.
0: amazing matchup.
1: Washington wants to win time possession, right? Uh, they were talking before the Texas game how that was one of the biggest factors. And you know what? Steve Sarkeesian got out coached in a massive way. He didn't care about the time possession and it proved to kill him at the end. There was one point in the second half where they had uh, Washington had doubled Texas's time possession. And yep. more it was like it was like 33 minutes to like 15. Yep. It was insanity. What they had they done? And this is coming off the heels of letting Oregon touch the football Three times in the first half yep. the, when they played the championship, so yep. it's part of Washington's DNA and in their, in their game plan to chew clock. Sure, I mean you'll see them send a play in, and Pennix will stand there. But that's Michigan's game plan too. To like Michigan's not running,
0: nine. Michigan's not going to run up tempo like Texas wants to, or like Oregon wants to. Like that, that it's it's, it's going to be a battle of both teams. That's why, by the way, if I was going to lean one way on this on this game, I'd probably lean under, even though I'm surprised it's only fifty five. What and is a half. the over under? I believe it's fifty five and a half. Um, and so I would too,
1: that may be the bet
0: here. I would lean under. That I may think be where both teams are going to want to dominate time of possession. I think that Michigan's defense will limit, you know, I think Washington's still going to score by the way, but I think that it will be, I don't know. I think that, uh, it could just be lower scoring than people expect. Um, I, I don't know. I will say like, I feel confident in Michigan's ability to just grind and win games because they've done it all year long. But I don't uh, – I. this is not a game where I'm walking in thinking, like, I'm going to be terrified for this game. More terrified than I was for Alabama. It's for different reasons because, like, everyone is counting Washington out and they continue to prove people wrong. And Pennix can, can – I mean – We're all going to feel so stupid if Washington wins this game and they light up Michigan's defense for 400 yards and we all go, yeah, why didn't we think that? Like Penix has done this to fucking everybody while he's been healthy. The games where he struggled, he had like a broken rib or or a fractured rib from the game, uh, I I think, in Oregon where he took a shot, the first Oregon matchup or something. So when he's been healthy, they've carved up everybody. And you're right, DeBoer's only had a week to prepare, but I bet you that because I know Michigan does this in that month period, they spent time preparing for Alabama preparing for Michigan as well. Um, You know, I love. By the way, I love because Michigan won their playoff game. There, there was going to be a rematch of the national championship next game or next year. Either way, Michigan plays Washington next year. They also play Texas. Michigan's schedule next year is insane. But in the last note, I have on this game, which I love. I love this for college football in general. Did you know, Tyler, that this national championship game is only going to feature two five-star recruits but between both teams, and they're both on I Michigan? That. That's insane. That's this is going to break the mold because basically in the 21st century, for almost every single team, in fact, I'm not sure there's been any. If there's, if there's been any, there's been like one or two exceptions. Every team that's won the national championship in Loaded. the 21st century at one point in the three years prior had a top five recruiting class i know michigan didn't have that i'm sure washington didn't have that so it is kind of breaking the mold a little bit um into having to have these five-star guys and and a top five recruiting class and so i'm excited for that but i will be giving i am betting michigan minus four and a half i'm rolling with my boys but i gotta tell you i'm terrified tyler let's go let's hear let's go blue uh but uh follow the patreon patreon.com slash college paul tailgate stick around for some extracurriculars. we'll see you next time
1: uh, let's talk about blueberries though Ooh, um, love them so well me too blueberries are one of my favorite uh favorite fruits i love blueberries but something's happening i don't know if you've noticed this this year or i guess it was 2023 so hopefully it changes this yeah, year. happy new year by the way happy new year will happy new year everybody out there um Blueberries have really fallen off, and I don't know if it's the farmers or if it's the unseasonably mm. warm weather across the blueberry regions. A lot of these blueberries come from Peru, I guess, because I did my homework because I'm upset with the blueberry farmers. So <laughs> I like a nice, crisp blueberry. I much prefer the, the more tart blueberries compared to these sweeter, softer blueberries. Mm. And so I like them when it's peak blueberry season and you buy a whole pack, they come all tart, right, or tart, you know, kind of like, they're they're like little tight, juicy things. They're delicious. Firm. Oh, I love it. And and that's the way you got it. But you can always let them ripen a little bit, then they get like softer and a little sweeter. You can't find, I bet I didn't eat out of a hundred blueberries in the pack the other day. I bet I ate 20 of them. Because I don't eat the soft, mushy ones. Fuck that. Those are gross. So I just go past them. So I bet I ate 20 blueberries the other day. So I wanted to come on here. If we have any blueberry farmer listeners, (laughs) look. I want to know what's going on. Is it you guys? Is it the farmers? Because okay. I don't immediately blame the farmers. You know I'm pro-farmer. Can
0: I, I'm pro-ag uh, on here. Can I provide? But, uh, so we are pro-ag. Can I provide input? Or sorry, do you want to wrap up?
1: Your, no, no, no. I mean, I mean, I would love some kind of... Because so, I'm upset, as you can tell. It's really... It's kind of gotten to me. My blueberry oh, experience has been ruined.
0: And I love blueberries too. I eat them. I put them in my yogurt. I eat them by themselves. They're delicious. Um, mm-hmm. Here's my first thing is that this is this is a classic 21st century first world problem. Like we're we're complaining about getting uh, yeah. fruit out of season. You know what I mean. Even though we're we're getting fruit out of season, yeah. it maybe isn't. I guess perfect. that was essentially my complaint.
1: Yes. Yeah. yes, but
0: but I do think that uh, you need to just expand your horizons on where you're shopping because I just bought a pack of blueberries the other day at Trader Joe's, and uh, and they were they were great. They were fantastic. they're not sure they're not uh, July or August blueberries, but they were delicious. I didn't. Out of hundred, I'm certainly not only eating twenty. I'm eating like the vast majority of them, probably eighty. Okay. It's probably the opposite ratio.
1: Okay, I'm gonna have to go uh, check this. Well, but do, are you as? I want to know if you're as particular as I am because I'm so specific not. about blueberries. But <laughs> I need to go check out these Trader Joe blueberries because if these are magical blueberries, I'm in. They I might am, be. I am not. They might be magical blueberries. I'm, I have no preference to where I buy my blueberries as long as they're delicious. So I'll go check them out because so far I've tried. Uh, my local grocery store, which, by the way, the local King Supers that I shop at has tremendous produce. I often uh, like that produce over the Whole Foods. Sure. That's my second go to is I go to Whole Foods. Um, but yeah, I'll go to Trader Joe's. I'll give, give it a the shot. World. So give blueberry farmers, uh, step your game up. Okay. I also have an impromptu uh, review. Mm. And this is not an outdated movie review. See, most reviews we give on this show are very outdated. Sure. Uh, because I haven't seen anything from the past. It's how it started. And we started watching old movies and I'd review them. Like Weekend at Bernie's. Have you seen that? Actually, no. And I know it's like a cult classic. I've I think never seen you should it. watch Weekend at Bernie's and review it soon. Maybe okay. this summer. Okay. can okay. review Weekend at Bernie's. Um, so uh, I watched a movie. This is a new movie. It came out last year, maybe two years ago. Well, it's 2024 now. This is messing with me. Time. Uh, the Atom Project. Do you know The Atom Project? Mm, it sounds vaguely familiar, but no. So Ryan Reynolds, uh, Mark Ruffalo. Is this a superhero movie? Catherine Keener. What's that? Is it a superhero movie? No. It is a time travel movie. Oh, very relevant. It is where... I'm not going to give it away to anyone because it is is fairly new. Uh, It is where... Well, here the plot is after accidentally crash landing in 2022, time traveler fighter pilot Adam Reed teams up with his 12-year-old self for a mission to save the future <laughs> and and my rating let's start off with the rating okay mm. it's going to get oh gosh what time loops? Give it? let's give it let's give it <laughs> a time loop well it's not really a. Lo- it's more like one big loop let's give it a uh, a fighter plane because that's what it is. That's what he crashes on. He's he's okay. in this like futuristic fighter plane. Fighter okay. planes. I'm gonna give the overall movie a seven point three five fighter planes. Okay. So you know that's 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 average to above average on my scale. You know I start with movies at about like a six because sure. I like all movies, right? So like sure. I start like at six three. So so uh, this would be like a here's four thing. in they, my book or like a five, huh? Probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, in your book, well, who knows with you? You're you're unpredictable with your reviews. So, I enjoyed the time travel part of it because I'm I love time travel. I love all that weird stuff. So, like, that's what I really really liked is the time travel part of it. Uh, it was interesting how they time traveled. I'm not going to ruin that. That was pretty cool. So, I liked how like the scientific thought behind it. Um, and then the plot was actually I I thought the plot in itself, was pretty cool, right? He goes back to find himself. It's this interwoven thing with his family. There's a lot of like family dynamics. And I, I, I kind of like that, that part of it. What I didn't like about it, and the, the very first thing was Ryan Reynolds, not his acting, but he... he it was pretty much take him in Deadpool... And then just take the Deadpool costume off, and then yeah, to, so it's just he Ryan was the same character. Yeah, so it was Ryan Reynolds, but I feel like that's like he, he can't get away from that now. Sure, where it's just every movie he's the sarcastic. It's always got to be. It's always got to turn into a comedy. Everything he's. It's like sure, and so that kind of. And then the even the thing that kind of bugged me, which I don't know why. I should have expected this given the time travel nature of the movie. But his younger self was an over the top caricature of Ryan Reynolds, right? Which was this kid who I kind of found to be quite annoying throughout the whole movie, to be honest. And like he's the first time you meet this kid, he's like getting beat up in the bathroom and he's just taking the beating and like saying all these witty things to the guy beating him up to the bully, like, uh, I don't even remember what he said. Like, gee, I thought that this was so-and-so. And I'm just like, what? That's this kid? So it's clearly trying to make like paint a paint-up version of the young Ryan Reynolds who he grows up to be. But, um, and then, okay, this is going to ruin a small part. So if you want no spoilers, you're going to have to fast forward. But Mark Ruffalo is the dad, right? And the dad passes away early in life. And so they get a chance to go back and meet their dad, who they never kind of got to meet. And so they time travel back and meet their dad. And it's almost like... Hey, how you doing? Like, like nothing, like no emotional. Hello. And this is like an emotional movie. No grand. Hello. No, like huge thing that like they all went through. No, anything. It was just like, why did you time travel back here? Don't talk to me. Go back. And they're like, we can't go back. And and the kid and and he's just like sitting there with the the older Ryan Randall is just like sitting there. And I'm just like, wait a minute. Doesn't he want to say like, hi, who are you? You're my kids. This is cool. We get to meet like. He's just like, oh, I invented time travel. Cool. So like, can we not, uh, can you guys go back? Because we can't mess anything up. Anyway, that's not the end of that. There's a lot more that happens, but uh, that was also kind of drove me a little crazy. Overall, uh, what did I say? 7.35 Fire yeah. Pilots.
0: Okay. That's fair. I mean, look, time yeah. travel movies are hard because like they're going to innately have lots of uh, of loopholes, like plot holes. You know what I mean? Like, um, because it turns out time travel is tricky. And so one of my favorite <laughs> uh, time travel movies is the movie looper with uh with bruce willis and there's a great so you like that i've seen i've seen that yeah it's a uh, cool movie but i don't remember i like that movie but what i one of my favorite lines from it is like they found a way to uh to just like eliminate the loopholes really quickly through dialogue there's like a point where like like the younger self is asking the older self like oh, if I do this, like, do you feel this? And if you do this, like, does it change? Do you, do you not remember this? (laughs) And then like older Bruce Willis just like slams his hand on the table and he's like, it doesn't matter. And like, and then that's how they address the whole thing. And so it turns out if you just have a movie and you just go, this doesn't, none of this shit matters, then people just like forget about it. it. Yeah, it it totally, uh, it, it no longer matters, the loopholes. So, you know, uh, but I dig it. I Uh, like it.
1: well, Well, you know, the best time travel movie of all time, um, is back to the future we talked about this last offseason no uh, Titanic
0: no that, that's is one a theory the that's a fringe theory okay mm-hmm. maybe it's, a fringe theory it, it, all right so uh, so uh,
1: that's that's what i got for the extras i know it was quick today but uh, we got some natties to talk about so
0: exactly so uh thanks for listening follow us on twitter at cfb underscore pod join the patreon patreon.com slash college fall tailgate and we'll see you next week